Hello and welcome. You're listening to the SPAG Dialogue podcast. Hello everyone. I'm Neha Chandra, healthcare communication specialist with SPAG, and today I'm in conversation with Dr. Divya Vora, obstetrician and gynecologist. Also joining us is uh, Nidhi Singh. She's the founder of PCOS Club India, India's first PCOS community and certified holistic nutritionist herself. On account of World Mental Health Day, we're here to discuss about a lifestyle disorder that I'm sure every woman is familiar with, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or as we say, PCOS. Now, while PCOS impacts many aspects of a woman's health, today we want to focus on how it impacts her mental health. Now, if you look at numbers, an estimated one in five, that's about 20% Indian women actually suffer from PCOS and uh, are three times more likely to be diagnosed with anxiety and depression than those without PCOS. It's also known that PCOS is not a disease per se, but a condition that prolongs for lifetime. Now, I think that itself is a cause for mental distress. So uh, first off, Dr. Divya, we really want you to help us decode what PCOS is. PCOS is basically polycystic ovarian syndrome. The whole term is a misnomer in itself because when we say cystic, it means that there are cysts and there are large basically balloons in the ovaries, which is not the truth. There are tiny fluid filled balloons in the ovaries, which are not supposed to be there during this whole condition of PCOS. So what is happening is while a woman is supposed to release a mature egg every month, and, you know, menstruate, that is not happening because of the development of many, many, many tiny immature follicles in her ovaries. Now, because of this, there is an entire hormonal imbalance because of which there is uh, excessive weight gain, there's difficulty in losing weight, there's excessive facial hair, also there's hair loss from the midline of the scalp, which is known as male pattern balding. And, um, you know, women are suffering from acne, which is known as hyperandrogenism. So all of these little, little characteristics and factors coming together combine to call it the polycystic ovarian syndrome. So basically it stems from the ovary, but there's a lot of stuff going wrong in the body, especially with insulin. So there's a lot of insulin resistance, which is ending up messing up all our other hormones. So that's basically the gist of what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. And one understands what it is. And, you know, one may begin to think that may, they may be having it if they have any of these symptoms, the primary one being irregular menses. So once our eggs are not being released on time, once it's not happening monthly as it's supposed to, once someone is having a cycle that is, you know, lesser than 21 days, or longer than 35 days or not occurring every two to three months or having cycles that are lasting for a very short period that is just two days or not bleeding at all like hardly having any spotting so that is one symptom and one sign to look out for then again like I said there's acne on the lower part of the face chest back then there is uh, hair growth on the lower part of the face there's balding, there's excessive weight gain, difficulty in losing weight. There's this blackish discoloration around the neck, which is known as acanthosis nigricans. That is one of the very... So once one starts, you know, seeing all these different symptoms and realizing that something's wrong with their body and with their hormonal system, one has to seek help. And you know, doctor, you've told us about all these symptoms and the fact that I also mentioned in the beginning that it is it's very common do you think that the fact that it's so common do we 
have enough awareness about this condition in india so you know very honestly neha if you come to think of it we're in a country which is developing right there's no awareness about so many diseases and conditions over here and pcos sounds like something that may not be as important but right now here we are having a podcast on a platform like spotify about mental health and pcos that makes us very fortunate to be able to tell people about the condition and the syndrome so very honestly a lot of the country and a lot of women in the country won't even realize when they are dealing with these kind of symptoms which is the sad truth of uh, where we are living but as much as we can do and as much as we can reach out to this 1 or 2% of the population and try and you know bring about the awareness about this we are going to try our best like people like me of course and now people like nidhi who you know started this community are going to help people and other uh, sisters that is the ones with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome will go out and help others and try and make them aware and you know at some point there will be enough awareness about this hopefully in our country as well but as of now i wouldn't say there is absolutely and you know this is something it's again an ongoing conversation we need to have that uh, much of understanding and yes through this podcast right you rightly mentioned that we're doing this here now and uh, nidhi you've had your personal battle with PCOS and it's ongoing. Uh this I believe is you know one of the key reasons why you started this community. So could you just tell us a little bit about your journey and why you felt there was this need to start a club like PCOS? So I I believe a lot of people will resonate with my story. I have been working with for the last 10 years I worked with a corporate career with global multinational companies and you see the kind of culture we have there the fast paced environment timelines and uh, you know working hours more than 13 to 14 hours a day I did not realize how the PCOS is affecting me so my PCOS grew from a very few symptoms to a very complex set of symptoms which started to affect my normal daily life like I could not pick myself up from the bed and do my daily chores or go to work and I realized that this cannot be it i mean i was under the supervision of my family doctor but all i could understand from her that we have to do a lifestyle change so overall i realized that from the time you understand your diagnosis from the doctor and whatever treatment options are available while the journey is alone and so many things that you do not understand about this condition it is a very confused part for somebody who's recently diagnosed it personally took me 4 years when i started my own very personal journey of understanding what other resources means in in the ambit of lifestyle changes i felt that i was very alone i did not have enough support doctors could only help to the aspect that they can help with diagnosis and treatment but the journey is yours you have to make those lifestyle changes you have to uh, find the right resources and the, and in the whole process i could not find a space where i could talk to anybody who has lived this experience because the chronic condition is not something that you uh, will expect to get over tomorrow or day after it is something that you will live lifelong and it might change from time to time and this also i did not know i thought that lifestyle change will happen i'll change my diet i'll have these medicines and it'll go over so there was no awareness 
about this condition. Firstly, the journey was very lone. I could find support internationally in a lot of communities. And then I realized, why don't we have a South Asian or an Indian specific support where you can find a bit of relatable recipes or changes or certain suggestions which are which fits into our socio-cultural family setup. There I find the need, found the need of having a community space where I could openly talk about and maybe for me, it was a journal or daily to-do to at least get myself accountable to one lifestyle change that I will follow every day. That was the only intention when I started my page, uh, that there was no Indian community. I started interacting with experts and wanted to get the best information, which is evidence-based. I didn't want any gray areas to be there on the content. And then pandemic hit and I realized, and that sort of came in the same timing that I left my job and I started to build this community full-time. And here we are talking about resources, talking about awareness, talking about resources evidence-based content that that's how I really started this community and that was my personal battle and I'm still living with this condition but in I'm in much much better space and I actually relate quite with you because uh, you know just like you mentioned that when you were diagnosed you couldn't find resources and even if you did they were internationally available and even when I was diagnosed it just felt like a very hush hush uh, mm-hmm. conversation so you know even I sort of relate that uh, with you and uh, that's exactly wherein uh, this whole awareness and this whole drive to sort of talk about this now to the fact that we even came up with this topic that we need to speak about Mm -hmm. PCOS so from that day to this that is something really I completely identify with your journey and uh, you know now we know that when we say we have acne loss of hair Dr. Divya like you've mentioned excessive hair growth all this and more these are all symptoms of PCOS Mm -hmm. but where does mental health come in all of this? What is that link between mental health and PCOS, doctor? Um, so, you know, Neha, it's something so simple, right? Irrespective of what condition or disease or whatever one may have, it's so important for us to just feel good in the space we're in right like Nidhi just told us right now she's good in the space she is in right now like she's in a much better space so feeling good about you know who we are what we do where we go all of it you know solely depends on our emotions and how we perceive the situations we are in like you also just told us and Nidhi just spoke about how you all felt so alone and you all didn't know how to you know walk this journey by yourselves and how to deal with it and how to go around it so that's one of the most important important factors with PCOS right it's very difficult to come around the fact that it does not have a cure because we need to understand that it's not a disease diseases have cures there's an eventual end stage where you get completely okay malaria gets treated dengue gets treated these are diseases that are getting treated but PCOS is a condition it's a disorder it's a syndrome now when we say it's a syndrome there is so many things going wrong in the body but we also also know that lifestyle management is one of the best ways of getting around it. So to come to terms with the fact that something like lifestyle management can basically be a management option for a syndrome like PCOS is one, again, very hard to deal with. And two, it's a very long procedure, right? Because when we say lifestyle change, we mean changing a lot of things in your life. We mean having it consistently, having it persistently, you know, doing it over and over again. Like when I when I tell my patients having PCOS that, listen, I need you to sleep well. I need you to stress less. I need you to eat right. I need you to make sure you put in one hour of physical activity every day. Now, all this is something that we are generally taught in life. 
but we don't live by it because you know things come in the way life comes in the way that's the whole point where you start believing that oh i'm not, i'm never going to get okay because i have to do so much for this i have to do so much for managing my pcos but at the end of the day you just have to try and live a very healthy wholesome life which will try and manage most of your symptoms so coming to that if we're not being able to do that and if we are not being able to you know put in that physical activity that insulin resistance is playing on us first of all there's menstrual irregularities so you're always anxious about when your period is going to come whether it's going to come or not whether if your period is not coming has there been a failure of contraception are you pregnant what is the issue you don't know you're worried about the acne you're worried about the excessive hair growth in places where it shouldn't be there you're worried about the hair fall so there's this whole you know body image issue that is going on you're not okay with how you are there's this entire dissatisfaction which eventually is leading to depression anxiety it because you know you're always anxious about you know what your next period is going to be or how how you're going to be dealing with the issue or what also all of these together lead to a lot of decreased libido and to diminished sexual satisfaction and also eating disorders because what's happening is if you're working out for the for say 15 to 20 days and you're not seeing results which is highly possible with PCOS because weight loss is a struggle and i do understand this completely but consistency is key so once one sees there's no change for 15 to 20 days 20 to 25 days they're like okay let this go i'm just going to go and have that chocolate i'm just going to go and have that cake it's totally okay to have that chocolate and cake once in a while but it should not be because it's causing you these mood swings right so to understand that your pcos may be causing a lot of mood swings anxiety depression sexual issues all of this together is something that also someone having pcos has to deal with so understanding this as soon as you're understanding your physical symptoms is very very important and no doctor is going to be able to you know come and tell you this because this is something that we can't physically see unfortunately doctors in the country aren't so many and they don't have or give that kind of time to patients to sit and talk to them and try and understand what is going on in their lives so unless we physically see signs and symptoms we're not going to be able to tell what is going on so these are symptoms you figure out you know with these support groups or you try and understand in yourselves and try and you know get help for it and try and you know work around it mental health sometimes is kept as a separate set of symptoms but a uh, lot of people sort of miss this when they're trying to understand their own mental health that it is not something separate from your body right PCOS is a complex endocrine condition it is not only a condition of ovaries which mean your brain function your bone health your period health everything is affected uh mental health also shows into physical symptoms it could give you pain it could give you you know headache so sometimes it is running together i would also bring this aspect that we were uh, working with university of birmingham in one of their special studies that we supported it's called bloom of us study which where about 500 people from india participated uh, and the results will be out sometime this year it is about how pcs is connected to the sexual dysfunction and mental health we realized that in india specifically in india the quality of life what you have versus apart from rest of the world is a bit deteriorated how do we say that the kind of social setups we had the family setups we had the stigma and how we are shamed the lack of awareness that has a lot 
to do with how one might feel in their mental space when they're going through the journey or when they're trying to manage their PCOS. It could be not getting enough support while trying to make lifestyle changes. Your family shames you and says that you are you are a lazy fat girl who does not want to get up and work out or maybe you have too much drama going on that you want to go and try gluten-free diets well it is not very simple for everybody and this is the reason because of the lack of awareness because of lack of communication people feel it takes really really long time to uh, you know come up and speak for somebody and tell their condition to their family members it's a process uh, even when we try to support people it's not like tomorrow they go and tell it there are people who are trying you know they're getting married next month and they come to us and say I don't know how I will tell this to my would-be or my husband so it is not just the set of symptoms it is so many battles that somebody who's living with any chronic condition and PCOS specifically is dealing with the features the hirsutism the fatigue and it just sort of gets really really complicated so I think we should definitely give mental health the first importance when we're trying to make the lifestyle changes, because if you're not well mentally, you will not be able to sleep or do any kind of exercise and make lifestyle changes. So I think that's number one priority when we talk about living with PCOS. There are a lot of studies coming up, uh, you know, where um, there are health-related quality of life questionnaires to do with PCOS, where women are asked questions related to their symptoms and they pen down the aspects of PCOS that are bothering them the most and once they do that they're you know they, they're followed through the study and they're asked to try and make changes to these and try to change these aspects of what they're dealing with and there have been women there where there has been a lot of change eventually like the aspects that used to bother them a lot like the acne weight gain hair loss has suddenly not suddenly that important to them anymore they're trying to focus on the bigger picture they're trying to focus on you know regularizing their menses or trying and getting their weight in control so uh, yes there is being some sort of change with the right people with the right support with the right understanding of your syndrome and understanding that it is a time-consuming process. Um, all the aspects of PCOS, including mental health, can be taken care of and it must. No, I agree with you on this completely and both of you have sort of brought this forward that there are two battles here. There's this battle with yourself, you know, understanding that you have this condition and learning to live with it and accepting it. And then it is to actually communicate it with your uh, family, with your support group. And uh, Nidhi, this is where I, you know, want to sort of understand, we've understood that the impact PCOS has on our mental health. But this is where I want to understand that how does a community like yours really come into the picture? What are the resources that you provide, as we say, you know, to a fellow sister? Because we've all, we're all familiar with that term. Absolutely. Uh, that's a fantastic question. And uh, I have also learned a long way uh, while I've been building this community. So uh, first and foremost, I think... Uh, there are various pillars to this. So number one, as we said, that PCOS is no more, uh, you know, uh, unknown condition. It is every, actually, uh, just want to also say that it is not one in five anymore. We are talking about the recent study which came up in 2020, December, which says that we cannot put a number to the how, how many people could have PCOS, but at least 26% of people in India could have PCOS. Now, lack of diagnosis can make it delayed. Lack of diagnosis may not bring up those numbers to what the real numbers could be. 
So if you look at 26 also, it's at least one in four. And I'm sure that number is, again, uh, the lesser number. It must be more. So we're talking about at least one in four and could be more people who have PCOS. And um, there is a lot of uh, shame around it. And there is a lot of uh, lack of support. People feel alone. So all along this path, the support groups that we have in our community through Telegram, WhatsApp support, and now we have our upcoming website on which there are forums as well, where people can have discussions. So when what we've seen that in the last past one year on our support groups, the lived experience enable people and they build more trust. So once, uh, you know, people, have had their diagnosis or they're going through any sort of, uh, you know, battles that they might be struggling with mental health or just hirsutism or any specific symptoms, when they find somebody else who's gone through and find some, they have found some sort of a resort uh, that helps them not only mentally, but also are able to find some trusted resources. So support groups helps people to find the trusted resources. So when I say resources, it could be health practitioners who they have really found very, very helpful, who have been, you know, um, there are also a lot of products in the market, which may be highly marketed, but they're not really worth the money. So they have that honest conversations that, you know what, has really helped you. So finding those products in the market, we do pro programs where we help people to make those lifestyle changes and help them uh, with the evidence-based information, get them, uh, you know, uh, access to yoga health practitioners or uh, fitness experts. So giving them the right support uh, really enables them and empowers them uh, and to make the right decisions. So some people don't know as to what they should do with pieces. When is the time they should go to endocrinologists or when is the time they should look at gynecologists? When is the time they need somebody to help with their exercise? How much exercise is needed? So many questions uh, and social media and Google is very, very misleading. Half, on, half information is as bad as uh, wrong information. So we try to give them uh, evidence-based information with the help of our uh, you know, networks of the uh, research departments that we are in touch with, with the experts that we have, or collaborating with so many experts on platforms like Instagram that helps us to give the right information to people. And that has been the most, uh, that has been the pillar for our growth. We've grown organically just because people have found our information very, very honest. And we are very clear also about what is wrong information, what is right information. So they really look up to us to find that support. And uh, our support groups have been running all like on autopilot. Everybody is just helping each other in the night. Uh, after 11 o'clock, you have to see how active people are and they're just trying to share their personal stories. So it sort of becomes the pillar for each other. People are, they don't even know how they're helping another stranger. So it, it feels really nice how people are supporting each other and they don't have to walk that path alone. So I think it's important when you're building a community, community is the people. It is also people supporting people with PCOS. So it could be mothers. There have been partners of PCOS who've come up and asked for help because sometimes a person who's going through PCOS, they don't know how to seek support. So that is uh, something that what we're trying to build a place where people, a safe place where people can 
find any kind of support that they need and you know nidhi we've actually seen this i think uh, earlier from the time when people were not aware of pcos pcos is i mean when i say people i mean people who have it and even friends around did not and it was a very hush hush topic to the point where we have our uh, male friends actually aware that there's something mm-hmm. uh, a condition of this sort that exists and they also have quite uh, you know knowledge about this field so i think we're definitely moving in the right direction have you seen any change uh, before covid struck and during the pandemic any change in the level of awareness or any other aspect of uh, pcos if you've noticed any well i i think dr devya would totally uh, agree with me when i say that after pandemic things have got a bit worse because hello stress uh hello to lot of uncertainty and of course this condition is connected with stress so we've seen lot of people struggling with missing periods or irregular periods and lot of deteriorating mental health issues definitely yes to how it has changed and how it's affecting people with pcs um it is unfortunate how or maybe not a big uh, you know pcs or women's menstruation not being a very high priority when vaccines were tested uh, so we see that our post vaccine uh, there has been effect on periods and what we've learned that there's nothing to be scared about but um, and and we know that it only lasts for up to 2 to 3 cycles of what we've seen um, from the evidence what we've got recently but there is a lot of scare there is a lot of lot of people who are avoiding vaccines uh, so i feel that the way life has changed after pandemic and this is our lifestyle condition the way we eat the way we think the way we go out for our fitness activities because all of that is changing definitely the condition is also um, you know i feel that more and more people are getting affected so i see yes there is a rise in number uh, the kind of queries we are getting or have also increased post pandemic we all know that stress is a major factor here and we've all heard that but to get this information also here is something that is quite that is actually news to us mm-hmm. and uh, just as we're sort of wrapping up this episode now i uh, really want to ask dr divya if you've got this take any take home message for all the sisters that are listening to us here and of course everyone else absolutely so first of all i'd really like to say that pcos is not a disease please imbibe this in your minds it's so important to understand that there's no one medicine that is going to make you feel better there's no one medicine that's going to cure it there's no cure but when i say there's no cure it does not mean that you cannot deal with it right you can definitely manage it there is lifestyle management you know there's making sure you're having enough physical activity making sure you're getting the right help from people around you from your families from support group so the very first thing you have to do is make sure you visit a gynecologist when you experience any symptoms like irregular menses acne hair growth on your face that you've not seen before hair fall uh, difficulty in losing weight all these symptoms like i've mentioned before and i'm saying it again when you start experiencing this you make sure you go to a gynecologist your gynecologist is not directly going to put you on hormonal pills that's the notion that's what everyone believes and is scared so your gynecologist will explain to you that it's a lifestyle disorder and you need to take help from other specialists 
as well. So you may need to visit a dermatologist for the skin issues and endocrinologist for the hormonal issues. Um, then a mental health specialist a lot of times to help you deal with all the depression, anxiety, and all the other mental factors that come into play with PCOS. Even a nutritionist and a fitness specialist would help with all of this. It's very, very difficult to under, it's very, very important to uh, understand that PCOS could be that naughty friend that does not want to leave. So we need to understand how to live our lives around it than to, you know, I do understand that it's something that we don't want in our lives, but it's totally manageable. And many a times it's even reversible. So do make sure you're getting the help from all the places you can, especially support groups like PCOS Club India. So get your resources from the right places and, um, understand that you can totally totally deal with this thank you so much doctor and you know again reiterating what you just said that we need to read up we need to speak with our doctors we need to have that conversation we need to join those communities to have that dialogue and uh, on this note i really want to thank you and nidhi for joining the spag dialogue podcast and for sharing your valuable insights on pcos and our mental health and just to say that pcos does not define who you are your body weight acne they do not define what an extraordinary human being you are thank you for listening if you'd like to tune in to more such conversations subscribe to the SPAG dialogue podcast or visit our website spagdialogue.com